in these thousand dollar pants Don't disrespect me and my mans Bam, whole lot of choppers on your ass Scram, we just putting dollars on your head This nasty nigga gave his mama to the feds Little brother, big brother, side I got the dress DZ, DT, side I keep the bands Little bitch can't keep her pussy out my hands Hello, it is me, alive and well We're looking at, what, three months out from the last time I recorded? Almost three and a half so I wasn't going to do the podcast anymore because I was like, oh, like I started the podcast and said I was going to talk to people and like there's no people around. Fun fact, I'm back in Ann Arbor, so there are people around and I could podcast with guests. However, I have been listening to podcasts on my morning walks at 730 and I am realizing that independently run podcasts that feature guests intermittently are like really thriving right now. And I think that if Alex Cooper can go independent and if bad bitch Bible can be independent since like forever, then I can be independent. So that being said, welcome back. We are three weeks into the school year, almost four um, I've been back in Ann Arbor for about six weeks. I, fun fact, for those who have been with me since the beginning, I have an ex-boyfriend that I go to college with, and I'm also doing long distance with my current boyfriend. So my boyfriend that I broke up with in November, who goes to school with me um, when we were still together because of the way that leasing works in Ann Arbor, where you have to sign your lease so far in advance, we decided that, you know, we would sign leases and I would sign at this house that all of my friends lived in because there was an open spot in an attic room, which fun fact has been my dream forever to live in an attic. And he decided that he was going to sign a lease with his 11 friends in a duplex that you can literally see from my front porch. So every morning I wake up and I sit on my front porch and I start having my coffee as I'm like checking in with myself before I start my walk. And I get to just like stare at his two bright red front doors. It's literally impossible not to look down the street, literally impossible not to walk down the street, literally impossible not to see him. So I actually saw him the day that I moved in, moving himself in with my mom. And I was like, whatever, not affected. It's fine. And then I saw him when I first started doing my morning walks. I was on the phone with my boyfriend. And I saw him and his friend walk out of their house. And I literally stopped in my tracks. I scream, not scream, but like audibly say, fuck shit no 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 not today satan no 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 and turn around and walk the other way so then like about a week goes by and i'm on a walk like i normally do and it's the first time that i like walked so i normally my walking ground i normally go out of my door my front door and turn right away from his house and then i end my walk by walking by his house because it's a loop and that day I decided to start my walk by going left and I see somebody walking like out of their driveway and it looks like a grown ass man, like an old man, like kind of like, like a dad. And I was like, Oh cool. Like I'm good. And then I kept got getting closer and I like realized it's my ex walking his dog. And 
you know, I just like was like, you can't just stop in your tracks and turn around. Like that's too obvious at this point. Like you're in like, just do it. So we just like, I just walked and he like walked another way, which who cares? It was just like weird. Like we should have just been able to like wave or like be like, Hey, how's it going? Like be neighborly. I mean, we've been broken up for nine months. Because I've been with my boyfriend. It is September 17th. So we've been together for almost nine months. So that means I've been broken up for almost 10 months. I know it sounds bad, but it's actually the best thing to ever happen to me. Doing distance is really hard. I just want to like validate anyone else that's doing distance. It fucking sucks so bad. But really, what I learned was that like, or what I learned, I guess like, I don't know. I'm just giving you guys a life update. And also from listening to the podcast this morning from Alex and um, Jackie, it was very obvious that like waking up in the morning, having a little therapy session on a podcast and like being honest, being real, being raw, checking in is like good. And who knows? I mean, it's something to make me feel better. And if listening to me go on my rants, tangents, not make any sense, talk myself in circles, makes you feel better, then who knows? Welcome. So back to my ex. So like I've seen him multiple times. We don't say hello. I see his friends walk down my street all the time. They just look at me kind of like nervous. Like I feel like they think that I'm going to like try and fight them or something. And like they're not trying to catch these hands. Like the thing about it is, is that we were all friends first. Before my ex and I dated, we were all friends for like six months and hanged out. Like those were my best guy friends. So like I lost all of my guy friends and my boyfriend like overnight. Anyway, so none of them are being like cordial. I find that to be rude. So what do I do? On Saturday night, I decide to make a bonfire with my friends because bonfires make me feel good. I'm from Missouri. They make me feel like I'm at home. I love just sitting bonfire, country music, beer. Awesome. Very typical. Okay, so I build my bonfire. It's mm, immaculate. Chef's kiss. Wah. Okay, so I build my fire. I look down the street because I can't not look down the street. Like, I just, I, I can't. So I look down the street and, like, what are they doing? These boys in this duplex are building a fucking fire. And I'm like, okay, so you want to start a street fight with me? Like, are you kidding? So. I don't like get up or like do anything. I just like I'm sitting there drinking beer like profuse, not profusely, but drinking beer quickly, I would say, getting more and more irritated and annoyed. And around one in the morning, I send a text to my ex-boyfriend that says, so are we like good or, and I wasn't really, well, actually, to be fully honest, I was going to reach out about six weeks after we had been settled in Ann Arbor because I feel like we should be able to be neighborly. There's really no reason for it. It's too in our face not to like address. And so we should just be able to be chill. And also we have mutual friends. So like, let's just like chill on each other. Maybe. Sorry. I made all those TikToks about you and sorry. Like you're embarrassing. Oops, whatever. So literally send that text. Don't get a response. Fine. Fine with it. Regret the text, deleted it, fine. 1 p.m. rolls around on Sunday. I get a text that's like, I'm not like mad at you, but I wouldn't say that we're good. Oh, okay. 
So like, we're not good. So like you literally, quite literally, you want to catch these hands. You want it to be curb stomp a clock and you want to start a street fight with me. Like you don't even know me. Like, are you kidding? So I just came to this like huge realization that when quarantine started, I was a mess. When I started this podcast with Tara in March, I was a disaster. I probably couldn't even listen to the episodes from before this because they're probably nauseating with how like, not pathetic, but just like I had so much healing to do. And I think that in quarantine and by being in a really, really healthy relationship for the first time in my life with somebody who sets boundaries and limits and also is like super supportive and honest and real and sees me for who I am. I think that like, I just worked on myself so hard. I did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of introspection and I'm trying to be the best version of myself that I can be. And since coming back to school, I'm like working on my physical health and my mental health and trying to just maintain my sanity. And you know, it's going well. I just think that some people went into quarantine and became complete fucking assholes. And That's like no shade, no flame, whatever. It's just like who you want to be. And so I let that message sit. And then on Monday morning, I woke up, went on my coffee walk. And I was having like a minor panic attack just because I have a lot of things going on in my life right now. I'm writing an honors thesis, applying to grad school, doing long distance with my boyfriend who I love very, very much adjusting to not being at home after being home for six months and, you know, just like trying to not lose my shit. So I've been dealing with a lot and I just think that I don't know what I was trying to say. I just lost my train of thought. Fuck me. Goddamn. See, this is why I record like this because you guys can see me raw unedited. Who the fuck cares about editing? I'm not going to edit shit anymore. But yeah, people just became assholes, douchebags, not worth my time, letting it go. So that's why the title of this episode is Let the Dead Dog Lie. Because in your life, when you haven't heard from someone in six months, you've sent their mom like a long apology text that was like really kind and really grateful and just like really emotional. And you also like lost your grandpa, went to a bunch of therapy, like... And the reason that you needed therapy was because of, like, a devastating, traumatic breakup and a bunch of mindfuckery that, like, the person that mindfucked you, like, maybe should be not fucking rude to you. But whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Not me. Because I'm happy. I'm in love. Which is, like, wow. Um, I just got chills saying that. Because I think that, obviously, I love Matt. I have loved Matt for a long time. Not like a long time, but like multiple months. But I think that like being in love is just so different. It's such a different like magical feeling. And it's nice to be back there. I was listening to a podcast. That's like my new thing. I was listening to a podcast. Sounds like such a douchey thing to say, but I was. I was listening to a podcast about like the power of like feelings and expression. And it was about like how everybody has a fixed point of happiness. And everybody's trying to get back to that fixed point of happiness when you go into like a depressive episode or you have a bad day. You're trying to get back to that point. And as fucked up as it sounds, I think about a year ago was like my fixed point of happiness. Like I was just like thriving. I was so happy. I was in a health and like not 
my relationship wasn't codependent and toxic yet. So I was in a healthy relationship. I was like with someone who really, really loved and cared about me. I had a lot of like friends and I was doing a lot of things socially. And it was like a really chill time for me because I was just getting into research and, you know, there wasn't all of these expectations and goals and things that I had to get done. And so a really chill, really happy time in my life. And then from, I would say about a year ago in October until probably April, it was just like downhill and it just continued to be a gradual decline until I finally hit rock bottom, I would say in mid-March, if not April. And part of that was quarantine. Part of that was coming home. And part of that was thinking that when I came home for quarantine, that so was my boyfriend at the time and him not doing it and him also dealing with his own transition to graduate school and finishing up his major and finals. And yeah, so in the month of April, I was just forced to spend a lot of time with myself. Like me and my boyfriend were touching base, but we obviously weren't like actively in our relationship. We were both like working on ourselves. And I think that is when I started going to therapy because I couldn't, I didn't like how I felt. I didn't like how my brain was perceiving situations and perceiving actions and perceiving people's intentions. And yeah, so I've been in therapy since April. It's been amazing. It's been awesome. Shameless plug for therapy. However, I do think that a lot of it is independence-based. I think that it's way harder for me to have positive, strong mental health when I'm living at home with my parents. I think that it's really hard for me to have strong mental health when I'm like actively in the same location as my significant other, at least at this point in my life, because I'm working really hard on like loving myself, which like I do love myself. I think I'm like a hot girl. I think that I'm like strong and confident and successful and driven and like passionate. And like, I know what all my great qualities are, but everybody gets a little bit of like insecurity, self-conscious sometimes. And I think that that's totally normal, totally fair, totally okay. But I think that in my relationship history before Matthew, I looked to boys to fill me up and like completely fill me up, like starting at empty and like fill up my entire gas tank. And Matt refuses to do that. And it's not because he's refusing to like love me the way I deserve. It's literally him being like, no, this is a boundary. Like he's not saying like, I'm not going to fix you. I'm not going to take care of you. But his actions do say that. And I like, honestly, it's taken me a long time to like respect that, but it makes me a more independent person. It makes me have to take care of myself, take accountability for my anxiety, take accountability for my actions, take accountability for controlling my emotions, being calm, being mindful, taking 10 seconds before I react. And obviously neither of us are perfect. I have that going on, my PTSD, the way my anxiety functions, the way that my brain functions as a result of like trauma and fear of loss and like attachment issues. But obviously boys are not perfect. Matt is not perfect. He's 23, studying chemical engineering, getting a PhD, living at home with his parents, doing remote learning. And 
he definitely is not like infatuated with me like my last two boyfriends and he's not telling me how great I am and how beautiful I am and how much he loves me and how much he wants to be with me and how we're going to be together forever. And you can tell by the tone of my voice that I like think that that shit is fake. It's not that I think that it's fake. Like the magical giddy feeling that I feel when I like talk to Matt or like I hear his voice on the phone or he calls me and he's sleepy. Those like feelings that like give me chills. I keep saying like because I'm just so giddy girl. But that feeling is like so real, so special. Being in love is so real and so special. But Matt once told me because I was like, you never like validate me. You never say like how great I am. And he was like, here's the thing. Your ex-boyfriends promised you the world and handed you shit. I'm not going to promise you the world unless I'm going to be able to give it to you. And I'm never going to hand you shit. And it just like, I just like was taken aback. Like, wow, true. Every single boy, which I mean, I've only been in two serious relationships before Matt, but those two boys both promised me the world. I'm going to marry you. I'm going to love you forever. I'm never going to leave you. Like you can trust me, blah, blah, blah. You're the best thing to ever happen to me. And then one turned out to be a, a manipulator, a narcissistic abuser. And one turned out to be just like a fake ass, pussy ass bitch. Sorry, not sorry. You're a fucking bitch boy for bouncing when you did because you were fucking scared. That's the other thing is that through therapy and through perspective, I've realized that I spent a lot of time thinking that like I was the problem. It was all my fault, which obviously I was depressed. I was not taking care of myself. Like there were a lot of factors that were me related that caused my last relationship to end. However, it really ended because of like the pressure that I was putting on it to like, not putting on it, putting on my ex to figure it out, figure out your plan. Like I have a plan. This is what I'm doing. Figure out your plan. Like, so we can have a plan together, be on track, be partners, lift each other up, whatever. He didn't like that. He didn't want to have a plan. He didn't want the pressure. He didn't want to have like the commitment. He got chicken shit, scared, pussyfooted, whatever. Fine. Stay gone. Best thing that ever happened to me because I met somebody after who I didn't see coming. I didn't think was going to be anything. And now he's everything. And that's like really hard for me to say. Because a year ago, someone else was my everything. And then Two months later, they bounced. So I think that I'm scared for what this semester holds for me and Matt um, with his transition to grad school and making time for each other and also maybe like seeing each other in a month, but also the prospect of not seeing him until Thanksgiving. I'm nervous for what being home in November and December will look like for us and if it'll be good for us. I think that until Matt and I hit like that one year mark in November or in December that I'm not going to feel not scared because I think that that was a big thing was getting past the six month hump because right after my six month anniversary, 
with my ex like that's when we broke up so the six-month hump with me and matt was like really rough i got really bad anxiety around our six-month anniversary however he did buy me a tennis bracelet so like can't say i'm mad um no but i love him so much and it is really scary it's hard to be vulnerable and it's hard to be real and i think that i've learned obviously over quarantine about prioritizing myself but mainly i've learned that when you're not vulnerable you're angry or maybe not you but me when i'm not vulnerable with somebody when i'm not honest about how i'm feeling i'm angry i'm resentful i'm irritable i'm in a rage and so i've been working really hard to be honest with matt even when it's scary even when it's hard even when it makes me feel like oh my god i'm such a crybaby i'm just real with him so in conclusion I'm cutting myself off because it is the 20 minute mark and I'm trying to keep these short under 30 minute episodes, just trying to ease back into it, not put too much pressure on myself, see where it goes. So in conclusion, one, love yourself, prioritize yourself, prioritize your mental and your physical health. You're not going to feel good unless you're taking care of your body, your mind, and your soul, whatever that means to you. Two, when you break up with somebody, and they tell you that they still want to be friends with you, then you are not friends anymore because you get a new boyfriend and he does not like that. Even after six months of not talking and trying to make amends, he can still be an asshole. So rule number two, let the dog lie. And three, being vulnerable is a strength. It is not a weakness. Being emotional, being intense, being passionate is not weakness. It is strength. And the reason that people don't want to acknowledge that is because they want to keep you small. They want to keep you confined. They want to keep you contained. And I just don't think that's any way to live. So yes, share your truth, live your truth, be honest, love yourself, stay golden, stay vibing. I love you all. I'm so happy to be back on here. Have an amazing, amazing, amazing weekend. I don't need to have a solid plan yet. I don't need to be the same as everyone else. I just need to motherfucking love myself. I need to. Uh.